Um, so you, the first page of your handout is just an overview of everything we're going to talk about. I'm going to skip right over that. Um, it's just a little outline summary. Um, and so I'm diving straight into page two uh, for myself. So <clears throat> I broke this up, and I, and I missed the beginning of Cody's first class, um, but I saw he had on the, on the board, he wrote the five W's, um, which I assume is the who, what, where, why, when, how. Uh, how is the extra one? Um, and so I inadvertently kind of went in that direction um, with the first part of this class because um, it seems to, to kind of flow. So uh, first, why? Why do we observe the Lord's Supper? Um, and really what I mean is why do we do it as a church? Um, we know the scripture where Jesus said, this do in remembrance of me. So obviously let's observe it. But why do we do it as a group? Why do we do it as, as a church, as an actual um, I don't know, I don't want to call it a ritual, but something that we do every week as, as a congregation, or at least regularly as a congregation, we'll get into how often later, but, um, you know, and, and just like, you know, some examples, like Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Uh, we see that in scripture. Um, he, he says, Jesus himself says it's an example um, for Christians to do this. Um, is it literal or not? That's a whole other discussion, but, you know, it's it's never identified as something that a church should do together is to wash wash each other's feet. Um, we don't see that, but <clears throat> uh, with Lord's Supper, I think we do. Uh, so First Corinthians um, 11 is is where you see that. Um, let's just go ahead and read that that whole section. Um, I'm obviously going to come back to portions of it over and over again, um, but. Let's just read this now uh, in its entirety. Like I say, all of it isn't relevant to this one point right now, but um, I'll just go ahead and read the whole section. So 1 Corinthians 11, 17 to the end of the chapter, verse 34. Uh, he says, of course, he's writing to the church at Corinth, but in the following instructions I do not commend you, uh, because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and I believe it in part. For there must be factions among you, in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal, one goes hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in, or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, uh, he took the cup after supper, saying, <clears throat> This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it uh, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, <clears throat> excuse me, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup with the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty Concerning the body and blood of the Lord, let a person examine himself, and then so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined, so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment about the other things. I will give directions when I come. Um... <clears throat> so, that's the entire passage uh, in First Corinthians. Uh, so again, back to the question: Why do we do this as as a congregation? Um, 
going back to verse 17 and, and verse 20, um, he's, he's telling them what they're doing wrong, right? He says, In the following instructions I do not commend you, because when you come together it is not for the better or for the worse. Um, in verse 20, he says, When you come together it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. Now, that's not a command. Don't eat the Lord's Supper when you come together, right? He's, he's saying quite the opposite. Um, he's saying, this is what you're doing wrong. You're not coming together for the Lord's Supper. And implied in that, I mean, the, the base assumption in all of that is, you should be. You should be coming together um, to partake of the Lord's Supper. And then he goes and explains, here's how you should be doing it. Um, <clears throat> and then Acts 20, verse 7, uh, is kind of another milestone passage in that. Um, This one's more direct, but it doesn't say Lord's Supper. It says breaking bread, so this may be a little, little less obvious. But Acts 20 and verse 7, um, and again, we're going to come back to this one a lot too. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, uh, Paul talked to them, intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. It's really that first, first half sentence uh, in there. Um, on the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, um, and uh, if you have like King James I think it says when the disciples were gathered together to break bread mine says this ESV says when we were gathered together um, <coughs> excuse me but I, I mean I think that's we know that from other contexts of other scriptures it's the disciples that come together um, but that was the purpose we were gathered together to break bread that's why they, they came together that day um, so there's our our, our, our basis of, of why we do it. Um, the point two, how do we observe the Lord's Supper? <coughs> um, so we have a few accounts um, of that. 1 Corinthians 11, like we read. Um, and then three of the four Gospels talk about it. Um, but, um, yeah, anyway. Um, Matthew 26, Mark 14, and Luke 22. Um... I don't know. I just pick one, right? <laughs> let's let's do Matthew twenty six. Um, really gotta watch my time. Matthew twenty six, twenty six to twenty nine. Um, now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread after blessing it, uh, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, "Take, eat. This is my body." And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. Uh, saying, Drink it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Um, very similar to, to 1 Corinthians 11. Um, <clears throat> and Mark's account is nearly identical, almost word for word, in the same order and everything. Um, and, and Luke's gospel, uh, or Luke's account of, of this <coughs> excuse me, event is... <clears throat> it's quite a bit different, actually, um, as far as the order of it goes. And Luke being Luke, it's more wordy. Um, but but the, the gist we can get out of this is um, Jesus gave bread and fruit of the vine, which is, we usually use grape juice. Um, wine would, I think, be an acceptable understanding. Uh, whether it should be alcoholic or not, that's you know, much longer discussion, but uh, I think the vine being grape, right? Um, the grape grape juice or, or something along those lines. Um, 
So there was bread, fruit of the vine, um, and each was prayed for separately. Um, the, the bread representing the body of Jesus and the fruit of the vine representing the, um, the blood of the new covenant. Um, and I think also what we can tell from all these passages is that they drank the cup after eating the bread. Um, Luke in 1 Corinthians actually goes out of the way to ma- make that point. It was after. Um, and the other two um, put it in that, just put it in that order without saying it. Anyway, uh, we'll come back to that. So, <clears throat> uh, first, the bread. Um, we use unleavened bread. Not just any bread, not white bread or wheat bread or whatever. Uh, from the store, we we use unleavened bread. It's either the matzo crackers that you can buy in the Jewish section of the store because <laughs> uh, it's kosher, um, or <laughs> and I looked the other day. It actually says not for Passover, which I thought is interesting, um, but it's not leavened. So rest assured, I don't, I don't know what the the Jewish reasoning behind it. It's like wow, really? Because <laughs> it's kind of what we're using it for. But um, anyway, either that or people will make bread, right? Um, and <laughs> I hope every time is or leavening, and that's what unleavened means is anything that makes the dough rise, right? Um, and why? So why is that? Um, well, there is no command in the scripture that says you must use unleavened bread when you partake the Lord's supper. Um, so okay, we got to dig a little deeper. Um, we do this because that's what Jesus and the disciples would have used. Um, because this, this, like Matthew 26 here, this event was during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Um, so uh, if, you, if you look in Mark, I'm just, I'm just going to skip that for time because I know I'm going to run out of time fast. Um, but if you look in Mark 14:12, you'll see that it mentioned that it's the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then uh, if you, you know, a few verses later is where you see the Lord's Supper. So... Um, so that's why we're just doing it because that's that's what they would have had. That's what would have been available. And I think the sort of connection to that being the Passover and Jesus is our Passover lamb. And um, yeah, it's, it's actually interesting if you read the account in Exodus of what, why they, they had unleavened bread. It was because they were in such a rush to get out of, of Egypt that they didn't have time um, to, to, to raise the dough. So they just took it with them and ran. Um, so kind of a neat connection there. So. Um, <clears throat> all right, so... Top of page three. Um, why do we serve the bread before the fruit of the vine? Um, and why do we do these separately? Um, I think you might go to some congregations where they take them together. Um, so, again, in the interest of time, I'm not going to turn to every one of these, but 1 Corinthians 11.25, uh, it says the, the, the words, He took the cup after supper. So, there's one. Uh, Luke 22, very similar. The, the cup after they had eaten. Uh, and then, like I said, Matthew 26 and Mark 14 don't use the word after, but they mention them in that order. And they did they did the bread, and then they t- they took the cup, right? So, um, <clears throat> so so that's why L- Luke's is 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 the one that's uh, a little harder to wrap your head around. Um, let's save that until the section after this one. Um, I'll get a little more in depth into that. Um, but um, yeah, some people say there were two cups, is what Luke is trying to say. I, I don't think that that's true. I don't know, but I mean, I don't, I don't get that sense. I think that Jesus blessed the cup, and then they did the bread, and then um, then they didn't drink the cup until after all that was done. But 
that's, that's speculation, and that's kind of the point, is we don't know. Um, okay, so why do we pray separate prayers before each? And I'll tell you, when, when I was growing up, uh, we did one prayer before the bread and the fruit of the vine, and then someone instructed us later. Um, they're like, that's not really what the scripture says. And so we're like, oh, okay. I see they, they, they prayed for each one separately. And so, uh, again, that's, that's, that's in the scriptures. You know, we, if you look at Matthew 26, if you're still there, um, now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take eat this in my body. And then verse 27, and he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, I think implied is not for the bread, but gave thanks for the cup. Um, <clears throat> he gave it to them, saying, drink it all of you. I mean, why would he mention giving thanks twice, two verses in a row, if it wasn't two separate things? And, and the other accounts are, are like that. So that's why we do that. Um, it's a separate prayer for each one. Um, and again, that seems like a very deliberate detail that was included in the scriptures in all four accounts. Um, and so, so I think that's one that we need to observe. Now, having said that, you can really get into the details. And this is what I spent like an hour and a half on the other night. Um, <laughs> Um, so let's go to Luke and uh, Luke 22 uh, and, and look at this one again in the interest of time I'm not going to read through it um, but you see I, I, I try to outline the order uh, of, of the events in Luke so he Jesus, this is Jesus doing all of these. Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. I assume for the cup. Uh, I think that's that would what would be implied there. And then he gave the cup to the disciples. Uh, specifically in Luke's extra detail, he says he told the disciples to divide it among themselves. Um, <clears throat> uh, then fourth, um, he he says this famous mini speech here. He says, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. That's, that's a specific phrase you, know, you kind of want to keep in mind there. Uh, then fifth, he took the bread. Sixth, he gave thanks, I would think, for the bread. Then he broke the bread. Uh, he gave it to uh, the disciples. Um, and, then, and then nine, he says, this is my body. Uh, talking about the bread. And then tenth, he says, of the cup, this is the new covenant in my blood. Um, so that's just an outline of, of those events in Luke 22, okay? Now if you look at Matthew and Mark, again, they're in the same order, but not as Luke. Um, so if, if you look at, at my order there, 1, 2, 3, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, Matthew and Mark do it as 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 1, 2, 3, 10, 4. <laughs> so it's completely jumbled uh, from, from the other one. Um, and then First Corinthians is a, a little different because it's it leaves out some of the details and it's but more or less kind of alone with Luke and so and it's not a gospel account so it, I mean it, it it could be different but anyway so I say all that to say should we um, is, you know is how deep do we take stock in, into the order of these events like the prayers for example it seems like he prayed for the cup bef- way before taking the cup right. Um, so do we need to do it that way? But then the other accounts seem to put them together. You know, prayer with cup, prayer with bread, you know. Um, and, and I think that's, that's going a little too far because the chronology in those cases is not spelled out. Um, it's not necessarily saying this happened and then this happened and then this happened and you need to do it that way. The other ones, you know, 
um, we see in the word after. We see that there's this order that you're supposed to do it in. But um, these, you know, the prayers, not necessarily. So I, I would, I would think it's it's perfectly acceptable the way we do it, which is the prayer for the bread and then the bread, and the prayer for the fruit of the vine and then take the fruit of the vine. Um, so I think there is some liberty there. But I did want, kind of want to get into that because it seems like there are a little out of order, and I don't think the scriptures contradict each other, but just kind of wanted to look at, at, at how they're different. Um. <clears throat> All right. Uh, point number three. When do we observe Lord's Supper? Well, every Sunday, right? That's, that's what you grew up with, of course, every Sunday. Uh, so why? Uh, again, this is another one of those um, things where we don't have a direct command. There's nowhere in the scripture that says you must observe the Lord's Supper on Sunday. You must observe the Lord's Supper every Sunday. Nothing in there. What we have is an example. Uh, we have one example, and that's it. Um, the only example of partaking of the Lord's Supper on, on any specified day. Uh, and there, that's the only, there's only one time that that detail is provided for us, and it's Acts 20, verse 7. Um, you never see anybody taking the Lord's Supper on a Tuesday or a Saturday um, or anything like that. It's it's this is the one time that you ever see a date uh, or a day of the week, and and it is uh, on the first day of the week. Uh, so again, Acts 20 verse 7, which we read before, um, but um, just the beginning part of that. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, uh, and then it talks about Paul after that. But um, so that that is when uh, the disciples did that. Um, yeah, it's not much. <laughs> I'll give you that, but um, it, it is what we have for Scripture. Um, it is it is an example um, that is approved that I think we should follow. Um, and and if you were to suggest anything else uh, to say that we should do it on a Saturday, which Catholics and other people do, uh, you have no ground to stand on for that, right? Um, so I mean. <clears throat> Where do you want to stand? Do you want to stand where the scripture is at least telling you this is something that the disciples did that was good, or do you want to stand on nothing? Um, so I would suggest stand with scripture. Um, and that's what we do here, of course. Um, <clears throat> okay, so why do we do it every Sunday? Well, again, this is, this is all we have for, for a, a schedule <laughs> for the Lord's Supper. Um, <clears throat> I think it really is clear, just in the, in the language, uh, that they were doing this every week. That this was a a, um, a habitual practice or whatever you want to call that. It was a regular thing that they did. Um, but aside from this, um, you think about the Sabbath, and I'm not in any way trying to equate us meeting on Sunday is like the Sabbath in the Old Testament. That's not the conclusion or connection I'm I'm, I'm drawing. So uh, I don't I don't mean that. But if you think about the the, the description of the Sabbath. Uh, in Exodus 20, um, the you know the Ten Commandments, uh, you know it says, "Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy." Um, I don't think anyone has ever argued that the Jews could observe the Sabbath sometimes, once a month, once a year, just on the Passover. That was enough, right? No, no one would ever argue that the Passover was the Passover, right? Um, <laughs> it's every Sabbath is what they were to do. Because he said, "Remember the Sabbath," <laughs> so that's that's clear enough. Um, when you say "remember the day," it's 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 every day. Um, 
we observe Thanksgiving. That means every November, whatever on earth it is, I don't know, the, the third Thursday after the second, whatever, I don't know how that works, but anyway, whenever it is, we observe, you know, like in our house, we observe Thanksgiving every, every November. Um, Taco Tuesday, if you go to a restaurant and they have Taco Tuesday, it's every Tuesday, right? I mean, you, you, that's the definition of it. It's, it's without fail, that's what happens on a day. Um, and if they met on the first day of the week, it's every first day of the week. Um, all right, so where? Uh, the next, next W, where do we observe the Lord's Supper? Um, well, it's not like the scripture is going to say uh, you have to buy a church building and then make sure you do it there. Um, but it does, it does say in 1 Corinthians 11.18 um, that it, it was observed when you come together. And that says when, but I mean that is a place. Um, when you come together is the place that you uh, would, would observe it. If you have some sort of congregation where you seem to get kicked out of places every week <laughs> or something, uh, well, that's okay. Um, observe it wherever you are, but wherever your congregation meets um, is, is where. Um, <clears throat> I, 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 I can't find any, any support in the scripture um, for, for saying the congregation took the Lord's Supper in, in this location, wherever it was, if you have a church building in the church building. And then we have some members who were there that day and they decided to go visit so-and-so who was sick and bring the Lord's Supper to her uh, and give it to her and her alone. Um, that's, uh, I don't think that is all in any way coming, uh, coming together to partake of it. Um, <clears throat> I will, on a tangent, I've told this story before, so, so here's an interesting one. Um, let's say it's 2016 and it's Hurricane Matthew, and you know this happened. Um, and and um, myself and Marie and Kaylee hadn't been born yet; she was expecting. And of course, we didn't have Walden. So myself and Marie and uh, Mr. Bill and Miss Joanne, we were members at Brunswick, and uh, so we lived in this area, and we stayed uh, through the hurricane <coughs> at our house. And then, like, almost every member of this congregation scooted and, and, and fled town, uh, except for Miss Cynthia and I think Dejan Marcel. And I think that was about it. Uh, and that was all that, was, that we knew of for uh, faithful Christians in the, like, county um, <laughs> that, that, were, that were still here during the hurricane. Here meaning, like, Chatham. Um, and so we had service in our house. <laughs> and it's a tiny house. Um, and that was not a congregation coming together, right? Um, but we were gonna, we were going to meet. Uh, I mean, um, and I think that was right um, that, that that we met and we partook of the Lord's Supper. We weren't meeting as the Church of Garden City slash Brunswick, um, but we were disciples that met together on the first day of the week. Um, and that's <clears throat> that's all we had. Um, we didn't take a collection. That's a whole another thing. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, we met and, and we observed it because that's who was there at the time, um, and, and that's, that was us coming together. Um, so I think that would be okay, too. I sure hope it was. Uh, tell me if you think I'm wrong. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's when the disciples come together on the first day of the week. Um, that's where. Um, and that's, that's all I can say to that. <coughs> um, who can partake of it? Uh, that's, a, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, 
in order to partake of the Lord's Supper, um, as we read in 1 Corinthians 11, 29, um, it requires that we discern the Lord's body, right? Um, so this kind of implies that you're thinking about it. Um, that, so, I mean, there's some sort of faith and some sort of maturity level there that you can discern the Lord's body, whatever that means, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but um, you, you have to be able to do that. So there, I think there, there demands a certain spiritual maturity there. And then who is the command given to to, to do this in remembrance of me? Uh, first to the apostles of Jesus. They were certainly believers of Jesus. Um, and then to the church in Corinth, we read that. And they were, they were not very good at it, but they were believers in Jesus. Uh, <laughs> at least not good at the, the uh, observing, uh, obeying com- uh, commands and things. Um, but they did believe in Jesus. They had that. And Paul praised them for it. Um, and then, of course, in Acts, we see, um, I think I would say, disciples as well. So it's, it's, it's always Christians uh, that you see doing this. Um, but, you know, we never stop non-Christians from singing. It's not like we see a non-Christian in our assembly and say, "You should stop singing. You're not a Christian." You know, and I don't think we would do the same thing for someone partaking the Lord's Supper. If they, if they come in and they're non-Christian uh, and they want to partake of it, I can't see how you'd stop them. Um, I think it is is a personal choice, but that doesn't mean that you were right to do it. Um, you you might be sinning if you're not partaking of it in a way that 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 you should be. If you're not thinking about the right things when you're doing it, uh, even if you're not saved. But aren't you sinning if you're not saved anyway? So <laughs> um, you need to teach that person maybe, but uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't personally stop someone from it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that would be my stance on it. I, I think that's, that's pretty reasonable. Um, all right, it's so point number six. Uh, what to think about and, and pray about when we observe the Lord's Supper. Um, so we remember the body and blood of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's that's what it says. So yeah, let's read <coughs> Luke 22. Um, and again, they're all very similar. Um, Luke 22, 19 to 20. <coughs> um. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, <coughs> This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So that's the bread. Uh, verse 20, And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Um, so there you go. He tells you what is the, what is the purpose uh, of this meal. What are we to be thinking about when we take the bread and take the Lord's Supper? Uh, take of the, the cup, the fruit of the vine. Um, Think of his body with the bread and think of the blood of the covenant uh, with the cup, with the fruit of the vine. Um, and then let's look at the prayers, right? In the same passage, um, verse 19, he took bread when he had given thanks. That was the prayer. He gave thanks for the bread. Verse 20, likewise the cup after they had, they had, they had eaten. Um... And he, does, he doesn't spell it out there, but uh, you see it in other ones that um, he gave thanks. Like that's that's what they did when they prayed. Is they gave thanks for the bread and they gave thanks for the cup. Um, is it a time to thank God for this day or for him creating flowers? Is it time to thank God for the creation of the church? 
uh, or I mean, creation is not the right word, um, building <laughs> of the church, um, is, it, is it really even a time to pray for forgiveness? Um, it, it's, it, the time is to thank God for the bread. <laughs> That's what the prayer is about. Um, I think you could co- sort of expand that into maybe reflecting on what the meaning of the bread is, that it's the body of Jesus, that he suffered for us, um, but I don't think it's, it's for, for random thoughts. Um, you look at the cup, same thing. Is you're praying, for, thankful for the fruit of the vine. Um, again, not, not so much as like it's a meal that you're thankful for the nourishment of your body, but um, you're thankful for what, what it is and what it represents, um, that it's the blood of Christ, um, the new covenant. Um, you're not praying by the rapture. You know, you're, not, you're not praying that we have brotherly love and unity. These are great things to pray for. But this is giving thanks for the bread and for the fruit of the vine. I think that's where our, our prayers would want to be focused. Uh, if you're like me and you've ever uh, been asked to uh, lead a prayer for food for a group of people, uh, one, I panic because I'm not good at saying prayers in public. Uh, and, and two, you, you try so hard to sound important that like, you get to the end of the prayer and you're like, did I pray to be thankful for the food yet? <laughs> Sounds like some of you might have done that before, right? <laughs> so you want to lead with that, right? <laughs> Make sure you cover that one first. Uh, and then, you know, uh, go on to other things. So I would say the same for the, the, the bread when you're at the Lord's table, if you're praying. Start out, thank you for this bread. <laughs> then if you go on to other things, okay. But uh, that's where I would start. Um, but the point of all this is, it's this due in remembrance of our sins. No. This do in remembrance of me, right? This do in remembrance of Jesus Christ. That's what we're focusing on. It's not about us. Um, it's, it's, it, uh, it's barely any application. It's think about Jesus. Think about this man that died for our sins. Not think about our sins. Think about the man. Think about Jesus Christ and what he did. Um, and I think that's where the focus would be. <coughs> um, you look at 1 Corinthians 11, uh, we, <coughs> uh, 25 to 29, um, it talks about examining yourself, and I think that's where a lot of that comes from. Uh, let's let's read that. Man, I'm running out of time. Um, I have it on the paper. I'm just going to read 28 because I'm rapidly running out of time. Uh, Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Um, <clears throat> I think the context there is the discerning the body um, and eating or drinking the bread... Uh, eating the bread and drinking the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, in verse 27. Um, I think you're examining yourself to make sure you're partaking of the Lord's Supper as the Lord's Supper, that you're not having your mind wandering in different directions. Um, maybe, yes, if you, you, know, if, if you have sin uh, at that moment and it's possible to just repent um, and, you know, in, in your mind, then, then you would want to do that ahead of time. You always want to. Um, but but I think the, the the discernment there is is just thinking about um, Jesus Christ, and that's that's I, I would think the 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 discerning the body, the the examining yourself, um, and and maybe I'm wrong. We can talk about that, but that's that's the way I take that. Um, and then there's there's other passages. First Corinthians ten and John six are. Um, <coughs> John 6, that's a long chapter, John 6, 53 to 58, talk about things that sound like the Lord's Supper, and I think there's a connection there, but it's not the Lord's Supper. Um, So those those are some things you might want to consider as well. 
Um, so let's get to uh, what you're probably already flipped ahead in your packets to way before I started talking. Um, the possibly contentious uh, issue. So the second serving. This is what we've been talking about and putting in our in, our, in the bulletin um, that, that we've been discussing. Um, so the question is, point seven, do we have scriptural authority to serve the Lord's Supper more than once in the same congregation on the same Sunday? Uh, that's a long-winded way of spelling that out. Can you have a second serving? Um, so I'll just say that as shorthand, but that's the point. The Lord's Supper more than once in the same place on the same day, same congregation in the same place. Um, so some think it's wrong um, to do that and what I mean by that is just to make this really clear, um, we would serve it to the group at 10, the 10.30 a.m. Uh, service. Most of the congregation is probably going to be here for the morning. They're probably going to partake of it then. Um, and then we have a 2 p.m. service, <coughs> which that I don't think anybody thinks that it's wrong to just meet at twice uh, in a day, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, but we have a 2 p.m. service and then if you know we say if if is there anybody here that would like to partake of the lord's supper um for whatever reason if you know generally not one person takes it twice but if you missed the morning if you were sick or something or you're taking care of someone who's sick um <coughs> and then we offer it again uh if you want to call it that um to any that might want to partake of it um that second um for them the first time, the, the, the second offering of it. Um, so anyway, um, some think that's wrong and some think that's acceptable. Um, and here, and I think in most places, um, people disagree on that, but I think it's a respectful disagreement. Uh, I think there's, there's not any animosity over it. Uh, I think congregations can and do still function well uh, when people disagree on that. Um, but, but let's look at, at, at why there's this disagreement. So I think the main thing is, is first, first Corinthians 11.33, and let's, uh, let's just go ahead and read that. Um, read 33 and 34. Uh, so then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment about the other things. I will give directions when I come. Um, so I lined up three major translations on the paper there. They're almost identical. In case you're wondering if this is one of the things where we're like disputing over the, a word in the King James or something, it's not. They're they're just so amazingly identical uh, in wording, so it's not that. Um, <coughs> so again, what you know that what is what does this mean that we wait for one another? So some say that if we serve it twice in a day or whatever, um, that that is waiting that you're being considerate uh, of any that might have been sick or caring for someone uh, or traveling or, or what have you. Uh, or maybe the military and forced to work or something, you know. Um, others might say that the second serving is not a second serving. It's like a continuation of the first one. Um, you'll hear some people say, uh, the table has been left prepared, right? And so I think... I don't know, but I, I think the idea is, is you know, we're just continuing this. This is part of our waiting. Um, and then, of course, others say the, the opposite. Um, that to eat and then leave the building and then come back 
and then and then some eat again that's not waiting that that you've you've done quite the opposite. Um, and I think that goes to First Corinthians eleven twenty one and twenty two. <coughs> um, let's go ahead and read that. <coughs> For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. Uh, one goes hungry, another gets drunk. What have you not? Do you not have to have? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in, or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. So, um, again, that 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 sounds like. Um, Sounds like kind of the situation that we're in that that, that people eat and others don't. Um, that some some get full and others go hungry. Um, so that's I think three main views of of the uh, idea there. <coughs> um, then okay. Uh, yep, run out of time. <laughs> okay, so uh, last kind of thought in in this um, section here is. What what is the problem and what is the solution given uh, by Paul? That what is it, what? How does he identify it? So, <clears throat> just to kind of think about it, um, I think the problem he identifies is some get food, uh, or some get no food, and others are eating a lot. Right. So, I don't think he's saying that the, um, there wasn't enough food. I think he's saying there was enough food to go around if you had all been considerate. Right. Um, in in Corinth here. So, um, again, like we, like we just read the, the scripture, uh, each one goes ahead with its own meal. Uh, we, we just read all that. So, <clears throat> um, what's the solution? And he says the solution is to wait for one another. Um, it's not to get more food, right? Um, if that was the, if that was the problem, if there just wasn't enough food to go around, he would have said, "Why don't you get more food?" Uh, but that's that's not the solution. Um, he says, if you're hungry, eat at home, right? So that's the solution is 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 not eat more. Um, it's it's the consideration of one another. Um, so what what is doing a second serving? Are we waiting or is it more food? That's, I'll leave that in 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 your uh, court to to decide. And I, I think it might depend on the congregation. <laughs> Maybe some, especially large congregations. I imagine they they probably have to go get more food uh, and refill the trays. I don't know. Or maybe some just choose to. I think here we tend to take the food that was from the morning and then combine it into one, you know, one tray of bread and one tray of, of cups. And so it is the same food. Um, does that matter? Or is, is it the intent of the thing? So there's that. Um, and then apart from Scripture, I think a, a challenge we have here is just logistics. So there have been situations uh, where it's been a Sunday afternoon um, and we had nobody present uh, who uh, felt that it was right to serve the Lord's Supper a second time, and they were there. We had no one here who who would be willing to do it. Um, we didn't have, at, on those days, I don't think we've ever had it, where someone wanted to partake of the Lord's Supper, and we had no one to serve it. That would be an interesting day. <coughs> and I don't know what we would do then. So um, I think that's something you see in a, in a small congregation. A large congregation, I think, just the... You know, odds. I think you always have somebody willing to serve it, but um, here it's in the small congregations. That's that's a challenge. Um, and then what? You know, what what are ways that we can we can move forward with that? Um, of course, option one is just keep on doing what we're doing and just hope that we always have someone there. Um, 
option two, if, if we agreed to stop serving it, then we would just you know keep the same service times and only serve, serve it in the morning. Again, that, that might be interesting if, if, say, visitors came in and just expected to have the, the Lord's Supper the second time, and then we had to tell them, no, we don't. But, we, you know, we're not here for the... I mean, we're here for visitors, but we're here for the congregation, really. Uh, but anyway, just something to think about. And then three, and I think what a lot of congregations do, um, if there's enough support for it, um, is to change your service times. Um, and so just don't have an evening or afternoon service and still take that time and just push it to the morning so the time that, that hour that you would spend together at 5 or at 6 or at 2 um, you just meet earlier in the morning um, and have a sermon and it doesn't, I'm not saying it has to be this way but this is what I've seen um, have a sermon and then you're, you break out into Bible classes and then come back for what we might call the worship hour you know having Lord's Supper having a sermon uh, giving um, a contribution, singing songs, and that sort of thing. So, um, 